Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I'm still in the hostel, so I am still trying to be pretty quiet. <laughs> I'm in the uh, place where they do breakfast. And up until about three minutes ago, it was pretty loud in here still. There's one woman in the back finishing up the dishes. This is an enormous place. It's beautiful. And all the uh, furnishings are really interesting. Like I'm looking at two couches that were made from pallets. And I'm looking at a coffee table, again, made from pallets. And everything here is wood. And it's all like reclaimed, I think, most of it. And when they close up the breakfast area, the kitchen, they put up these huge iron, I don't want to call them gates, but they're like, I don't know, window coverings or something, but they're made from iron. And then they lock in place and there's like um, art etched into them, like carved out. And then the name of the hostel, which is Messiah, but not like you would spell Messiah, like Jesus is the Messiah, but um, Messiah, M-A-S-A-Y-A. I do not know what it means. I think it is a local tribal name. So anyway, I had my, uh, we had our appointment. We went to the appointment with the government of Ecuador in our ongoing saga to obtain visas. <laughs> and, um, Remember what I was saying yesterday, just trust the universe. Well, last week before we left Cuenca, I, well, I mean, we only left Cuenca yesterday, but when, um, about a week ago, I, I, I asked my higher guidance to show me a vision of what the person would look like that would be helping us at the desk. <clears throat> and I saw a white and gray area where everything was very pale gray or white or a mix and I saw a man who was very sweet and very slight like of build he wasn't um, he wasn't really short but he was very uh, thin you know just kind of a smaller person but very sweet and just this lovely smile so I get there today thinking I'm gonna meet this guy and our appointment was, was at 12.30. We walk into this massive building. My God, you guys, this building, it's like the dystopian future government building from hell. This place, 
you know those ugly curtain uh, curtains things that people have that are like white louvers and they're plastic and you use them for like a, a month or two and then they break they start breaking up and cracking and they look really bad and you have to replace them every like three months or something I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about but they're so ugly I just I hate those things well this building has structures on the outside that look like these kind of louvers they're not made from the same they're not plastic but I mean I, I would say there's probably a thousand of them I mean this building is massive and then on and it's all the way away around the whole building and we walk in and there's these little round inset lights every five feet or so which means there's thousands of lights in this building and they're on during the day just as a show of impression it seems to be because it, it was because there's skylights galore this place is it, it's definitely modern art the building itself is modern art I liked it but it was so so scary to be in there knowing that in just a few minutes they can basically ruin our lives and we don't know where we're gonna go <laughs> or we're gonna be illegal <laughs> if they say no we don't get the visa so so we're walking in this and we're just looking at each other like kind of scared my kid and I we were like oh man this place looks like the start it's like the building they show at the start of every bad movie where the AI take over where the robots kill all the men and take over the planet I mean it's this this building was like a sci-fi futuristic modern style building really creepy <laughs> so we walk in and I would have to say 300 people the grand majority 90 8% were Venezuelan refugees and we um, didn't know where to go so we kind of walked around like a chicken with a head cut off <laughs> like first for like you know 10 minutes and then we realized we we have to check in 10 minutes before our appointment time or they can literally deport us from that one thing so we started looking around we don't know where to go there's like literally no explanation of where to go but there is an, an information desk so we get in line behind about a hundred people we're pretty scared we were gonna miss our appointment time and that was it and we got there four minutes to spare and they handed us a ticket and we said great and we went into um, the office that we were told to go into and with our ticket and we went in there and we waited and we stood there and waited and waited and waited and the lady was helping somebody and she said oh, okay um give me your ticket you know basically and so all of this is in Spanish so I hand her the ticket and she says oh no honey you've got to wait behind 20 people I'm like no but I have an appointment I made an appointment to be here 11 months ago and she said, oh, yeah, but everyone did that, too. There's um, 20 people ahead of you still for the 1230 appointment. 
So we waited about three hours and we finally got into the, um, into the place and there's like a, there's like a thing that every few seconds you hear bong <laughs> and you have to look up at this screen that has all the numbers, everyone's numbers. And it tells you what uh, module to go to literally it's called a module like a cubicle, but it's called a mod. It's like worse. It's called a module. We're like, Oh my God, this place is so creepy. And so we go in and there was, um, module eight where we're supposed to be. And there's nobody there. And we're like, Oh no. All right. I am. What do we do now? You know, we're here. I, you know, we're still scared. Like we're going to get in trouble somehow. And all of a sudden the sweetest little man, this little slight man that I had a vision of a week ago just showed up and you guys would not believe what his name is. You guys, I've never met anybody with this name. His name was clever, clever but spelled with a K <laughs> to be clever. <laughs> and I said, I love your name. That is really a cool name. And he was like, Oh, thank you. And he was so sweet. And well, I showed him my paperwork and he said, Oh gosh, you know, you have to, you need a, a, a special kind of folder and you need to glue your um, picture to the first page and i'm like well i didn't know if you're supposed to staple it in my country if you staple your picture it becomes invalid you know you can't put a staple through a picture on a document and i didn't know what to do i got kind of confused do i tape it do i use gum what do i do and he says you have to go buy some paste like glue paste like like what kindergartners use and you have to um, go get a folder. And I'm like, well, where do I do that? You know, and he goes, oh, it's okay. It's just, it's really close or something. And he said, but when you're done, come right back. You don't have to wait in line anymore. Everything will be great. All right, cool. We're going to do that. We start to feel like things are going to look up. Everything's great. And I asked the security guard where the place is you know to buy the stuff so now I have to go outside I got to go across the street and I found it really quickly it was only like two dollars for like the two folders and the glue stick and I'm like this is really cool I like this so we um, you know go back in there to give it to the man but he was busy and then another woman that I tried to talk to earlier in the day, she said she would help me and she was so sweet and so kind. And she looked at my paperwork. She goes, Oh my God. She's like, do you even have all the right things? I go, yes, I have everything. I just don't know what order to put it in. You guys, I've been working on this paperwork over a year and it was still so confusing just to, just to fill out the main form. If you mess up one letter, they make you fill out the form again. I had to fill out the main form like six times. Like when the ink and the in the pen 
puts out a little bit too much ink and a part of one of the lines is a little thicker, I have to start over. I mean, talk about bureaucracy. I had to write my, um, my email in this teeny tiny little box. And if I write outside the box, I have to start over. <laughs> and if I write above, like, you know, how there's like a box and there's a, it's like a rectangle, you write in the upper part and then the lower part to try to make things fit, they'll make you do it over. They want you to write with a pen smaller than the font on the paper. I mean, I, I'm frazzled. I'm like, I can't believe I've just, it's so much bureaucracy. It's just a bunch of crap. It's like paper, 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 paper. <laughs> it's so strange and so arbitrary. And so, um, we did it though, you know, and the people are very sweet. It's just bureaucracy is almost as daunting as this huge ass building we are in. <laughs> And so, so we were trying to figure out the paperwork and she's like, hold on a minute. And she called a lawyer that she knew that was there over. And this lawyer decided she's going to help us with everything. And she started sorting our papers and she was just like, this goes here, that goes there, this goes here. And she knew all of the paperwork, how it goes. And everything was just fluid, right? And then all of a sudden she says... And I'm like, oh, and I told them, look, I know I've been waiting for a year when I pay for the two year visa. <clears throat> I know I'm only going to pay for 11 more months. And then they said, no, you can't do that. But what you need to do is pay a multa, a fine of $600 because you've been here for a year without a visa and you're not illegal, but you're irregular. <laughs> Like, how did you need, no, I need more fiber. Just kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> She's like, you're irregular and we need to get you regular again. <laughs> when you're, when you're regular again, then we will talk about your visa. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. So just go over tomorrow, pay your $600. And then you have to come back. We'll give you an appointment within the next three weeks and then you're going to come back to keto and when you come back what you're going to do is you're going to apply with all the paperwork we just put in order you have everything you need and we need to talk to the director of the minister of the interior for the mobility of humans sounds like human trafficking but it's not but that's like what the department is <sighs> So we have to talk to the director because I gave them an FBI report proving I'm not a criminal. They asked me for a report from my original state, California. And I said, well, that would be all well and good, but I haven't been there in six years. So what does it matter? And they're like, oh yeah, well, where have you been? Oh no, I opened up a can of worm, worms, guys. I have to prove that I wasn't a criminal in Colombia. I wasn't a criminal in Peru or in Mexico or in Guatemala or in Detroit. Oh my God. I'm going to, when I see them tomorrow, I'm going to say, can't I just get 
something from Interpol, International Police, saying that I've never been a criminal anywhere in the world. Would that just be so much easier than paying $150 per page and everything that you get from each of these places is three pages each? I'm... This is like the most crazy process. If you guys ever want to move to a foreign country and if you guys ever want to become naturalized and you want to be a citizen or you want to even just be a temporary resident for a couple years just because you want to, um, it's worth it, I think, now to pay the lawyer. I'm doing everything on my own trying to do a shoestring budget and it's still really expensive so I'm going through all this and at the same time this um, I was in my bed last night in this hostel and my god the beds are so comfortable and I had to climb up a ladder it was so ridiculous and today I got a lower bunk thank god but the um, but this uh, woman who was in the bunk below me, she was asleep when I got there, and I was very quiet. But it's a very loud. Wood floors are super loud here, very squeaky and creaky. And anyway, I was very quiet, and I got to bed, and I had not slept in two days, and I, I snored. I was drooling on my pillow. I don't ever drool. I was drooling on my pillow, and snoring probably pretty loud. And this horrible, horrible person. I think she's from France, but I'm not sure. She has like a little bit of an accent, but she uh, opened my privacy curtain and took a, a pen light and put it right in front of my eye and turned it on which immediately seized up my whole body. I went into body spasms and I had a migraine headache for three and a half freaking hours before my appointment, which explains why I was so frazzled when I went into this huge dystopian building. And then all night long, she played games like she would buzz her phone every five minutes for like two or three hours. Then after that, she turned on her light and then she had a light that she shone through the slats of the bed up towards me. And I was just like, you could play that game too. So I turned on my light, put the covers over my head and continued to snore. And then she got up and started knocking really loud on the side of the bed. And yeah, I do snore, but you know what? When that's a chance you've got to take that there's going to be, be people making noise and snoring in a room full of eight people. That's what a hostel is all about. You have to be able to go through that, you know, like it's just part of it. I mean, I've had nights where I've had people in the room snoring louder than me, and I was just grateful to know that they were sleeping. I was just glad for them. And so this woman not only held a grudge against me the whole freaking day like from the morning on until the very late 
in the night I had been in my other bed and I had my privacy curtain up on the complete opposite side of the room as this person because I wanted to get away from her you know she was really mean she's a bully so I went and I am um, was laying in the bed and I was gonna take a half hour nap before recording the show for you guys wanted to be a little fresh for the show and she went ahead and she said is there anybody in here is there anybody in here and obviously I'm not gonna say anything because I want to hear what the hell she's gonna say so what did she do she started talking smack about me and started telling the three people that were in the room that if I snore all they need to do is shine a light in my face in my eye specifically to open go ahead and open so she's giving strangers permission to violate my privacy I mean do I sleep naked behind the privacy curtain you see how bad this is so she was telling strangers to violate my privacy she was telling um, them to physically hurt me just because my snoring is quote annoying it's like you know what when somebody is asleep they don't know what they're doing they're asleep whole freaking meaning of sleep but when somebody is like knowingly gonna sleep in a room knowing that every little noise is gonna distract and awake then awaken them they either need to a don't ever stay in hostels B don't ever stay in the dorms get a private room or C buy earbuds or headphones or earplugs it's pretty freaking obvious what you need to do usually when people are in a room with a snorer they will go out the next morning first thing and buy earplugs so you know I, I couldn't help I couldn't help it I hadn't slept in two days and now I haven't slept in three days because of this <laughs> so I am just I'm frazzled I don't have my visa my my son and I decided we're just gonna freaking go we're gonna try to go to the airport and get a flight tomorrow and just go home we're gonna go pay the government and get our appointment of course so we have two stops to make in the morning and then just go to the airport and try to get the hell out of here and I can't believe it it's a solstice you know but now I gotta pay six hundred dollars more than I expected all the fees and fines and crap I have to pay literally is my entire salary for one month <laughs> and next month I've got to pay my house taxes in Detroit <laughs> and I can't leave this country because then I won't be welcome back for two years if ever <laughs> so while I'm going through the visa process I have to stay I can't just go sell my house in Detroit so I'm just yeah oh my god you guys my life is crazy but I wanted to mention about the man that I had a vision of because I mean I had sat there for three three hours three and a half hours waiting to be seen by somebody and it was just women in the room women 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 and the second I get in there here comes the man 
that I saw in my vision. Remember what I was saying yesterday about trust in the universe? Trust in the universe. You know, and then sometimes the universe throws you bullies and, and I guess it's up to you to see what to do. And I, I wasn't going to say anything. I just thought, well, she must have been intelligent and gone to get earplugs and, oh, crap, maybe I need earbuds and listen to music instead tonight. Something, you know. So, um, instead of being intelligent, she went around being a bully, telling everyone to bully me, giving, uh, giving, she's a stranger telling other strangers to bully a stranger. I mean, she's less than half my age. When she thinks it's okay to, to say to bully a 50 year old woman, cause I snore. <laughs> I mean, if I had the money, I would have already bought a hotel room, but this is an expensive city, and as it is, I'm paying $10 a night to sleep in a room with strangers. <laughs> My son is $10 a night also, so it's $20 a night for us to stay here. This is the most expensive hostel we've ever stayed in. Usually they're $5 a night. But I used to sleep in an 18-bed dorm, and I hardly had any problems. I slept in an 18-bed dorm every night for six months in Lima. So what happened today was just unprecedented. <sighs> But I think I did tell you guys last week that during the full moon, we were going to have, um, we were going to have, uh, heated emotions and intense, powerful emotions. It seems to me that this is continuing and, you know, I mean, not everyone's going to be awake as a human being. Not everyone's going to be able to, uh, well, basically be a human being, you know. They might be human, but they're damn asleep. You know? So, I don't know, this is what I'm going through. This is why my show is not going to be the best one, maybe, but... <laughs> I literally, I complained to the front desk, if you want to kick her out, I'd be happy to see her go. <laughs> I told them, I'm like, it's not okay. She needs to be told. It's not okay. Just put her head inside of somebody's privacy curtain. That's never okay. It was like such a violation. And the fact that a woman can do that to another woman even, I just, uh, I guess that doesn't even matter. That's maybe sexist, just the fact that anyone can do that to anyone else. So lame. But, um, yeah, well, there it is. So let me ask my higher guidance for a minute. Um, are we at 99 today? Yeah, well, you guys, we're still at 99 on the Ascension Symptom Scale. Still way the hell up there on that. Now, the Schumann has come down quite a bit since yesterday. It's still active. Still active, though. Let's see what we've got. Um, Schumann Resonance today says at 2 o'clock UTC time. Oh, I should say 1400, two in the afternoon, so 1400 UTC. Today it stands out as a day of light activity. The significant variation occurred from 545 UTC time to 930 UTC. And during this time at 830 UTC, the highest peak was at 44 Hertz. Evening report, 1700 uh, calm. I almost said 1700 o'clock, you know what I mean? 1700 calm. 
So, 44. So, 44 has come up for me as a number many times today. My phone has refused to charge past 33%, which is really weird. So, 33 and 44. I know 44 means angels are with you. 33 means that masters are with you. Ascended masters of light. So, lesson 12 today is super appropriate. <laughs> when, you know, after I told you my crazy story about the uh, mean person, I literally, I went off on her. I, I was so angry that she would go around trying to tell people it's okay to violate me. So I was pretty loud and I was, I, you know, I pushed back and I basically said, if you so much as come near me with your pen light, um, I'm going to, first of all, punch your lights out and second of all, shove it up your ass. <laughs> I said, it's never okay to do anything like that to anybody because you don't know who you're messing with, effing with, and you don't know um, what people are capable of. You certainly don't know me. And she was just like, oh, it's like shocked in her bed. And I just was just like, I was shaking. I was livid. You guys know how I can get. <laughs> you don't You don't mess with the redhead. You don't mess with an Irish girl. And you certainly don't mess with somebody who bought a house in the middle of frickin' Detroit. And I, I, I mean, I lived in Lima. I've lived in some rough places. You know, and, and the PTSD is constantly there, even though I've worked on it for years. Um, it's just, it's always going to be there. And it's like when someone messes with me, it's like... I'll either like stop and be stunned and nothing will happen or I just, I mean, if I come from a dead sleep, I could get violent. I don't normally, but if it's someone going to hurt me or something, you know, like there was a guy who um, in another hostel tried to wake me up because I was me, I was snoring, but it was, I was very, very drunk and I almost died of alcohol poisoning because I drank really bad alcohol from Peru and I wake up and he was sleeping in his underwear when he heard this noise and he thought there was something wrong like there was I was dying or something so I wake up with this super gorgeous man hovering over me in his underwear I thought he was gonna rape me but at the same time I was like "Ooh, he's cute and I think I hit him I think I punched him and I was getting ready to throw him across the room and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm so worried for you. I'm like, oh, thank God. I thought you're you're getting ready to violate me. It's the last thing I need while I'm super drunk, dude. <laughs> oh, life is freaking crazy. Anyway, the Course in Miracles lesson 12 is, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. It says the importance of this idea lies in the fact that it contains a correction for a major perceptual distortion. You think that what upsets you is a frightening world, a sad world, or a violent world, or an insane world. All these attributes are given it by you. The world is meaningless in itself. So pretty much all the words or adjectives you can use to describe the world is just you being upset because it's really just a meaningless world. Anyway, you have to go see the whole thing in order for it to uh, make sense, more sense. 
but yeah, I mean, that's it's weird that like <laughs> the lessons that come to me are during the day. It's exactly what's in the lessons that I'm actually reading to you guys. It's so, so weird. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, why do I have to put up with this crap now when I'm trying to do something really good and solid for my life and my kid? You know, why would you go around? And, and she didn't know what I was there for. What if I was there on vacation? You know, what if I was there for uh, a medical tourism? What if I was dying of cancer and I was going to go see a doctor here in town for a treatment or something? You know, I was thinking about that last night while I was awake with a migraine for three and a half hours. And, um, you know, like, you don't know what someone's situation is. Just don't f with them you don't just go up to someone and just start screwing with them you never know what people's situation is you know and it's it, it was like this weird moment this judgment call I made to actually really get across to her that I will be violent with her because if I'm asleep and no, I haven't slept in three days I'm gonna I'll do something I'll punch her I'll do something before I'm even awake, I know it will happen. So I'm kind of scared, like, you know, I don't want to punch anybody, but I mean, I don't have any qualms about it if she's gonna try to hurt me again. But I mean, how weird, right? What the hell is wrong with people? I mean, how are people raised that that's just suddenly okay? My kids know that violating another person is not okay. They don't even hug anyone without asking permission. You know, <laughs> let alone anything else. I don't know what to say more about it, but just you know, be aware and be um, on your be on your toes. You know, for when people are going to try to mess with you. And I mean, I consciously made the uh, the idea that I was going to do this. Like, I didn't just blurt out anything. I literally was like, well. She came out with at me with a passive aggressive, um, you just trying to violate me in my space, and physically hurt me, like but with the you know that 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 actually hurts people, you know you go into that deep REM sleep and you're in that cycle of sleep and your eyes are um, like very sensitive. You're in that REM state, and she woke me up from that with this super bright pen light that penetrated my eyelid and went deep into my retina. I couldn't see for a couple minutes after. Well, thank God it wasn't fucking, I'm sorry, laser, laser light. Sorry for the F word there. Sorry for the F bomb slip. <laughs> but I mean, really, like, when you think about it, like, what is, hold on. Uh, when you think about it, like, what is that? Like, how does a person have to be raised by their parents to think that it's okay to screw with strangers in the meanest of ways? So anyway, I don't know what I'm going to find when I go back in the room. I haven't been in the room in two hours. I should have been asleep already. I'm exhausted. I'm in this, I'm in Quito, and Quito is... I don't know, like 9,000 or 10,000 feet above sea level. I'm used to being at like 8,000 feet above sea level. 
I'm having a hard time breathing. Um, asthma hasn't been terrible, but I'm like winded a lot. It's hard for me to breathe. And I've been kind of goofy mentally because I haven't had sleep for three days. And then, and then the altitude also does that to me as well. And my kid's like, mom, I need you to get your brain checked out the minute we get back home. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I was goofy the last couple times we were like at 12,000 feet and 10,000 feet. Like we've been in super high places above sea level. And <laughs> I was kind of dingy, you know, it just, it kind of affects you. When you don't have oxygen to the brain, go figure. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to, I have a little kind of a maybe quick little talk. I'm going to go for a moment and let my, um, I'm going to let my, uh, God, see, I can't see dingy. I don't remember what I was saying. Um, I'm, I'm going to let my uh, commercial play out. Just let it play out, please. Go out and, you know, it gives you, you know, you have about a minute and a half. You have one minute, 35 seconds to go get what you need to listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to also, I have a surprise for you tonight. There was a, two men came and they are from Cuba and they played music. They played Cubano music. Well, only when I asked them to, they did. But before that, they were playing Peruvian music and Ecuadorian music. And then they, um, and they're really good. And then they played American music because there was Americans here tonight. So they tried to sing their best in English. And it was really adorable because this one guy did not know all the words. So he kind of flubbed through it a little bit. But it was very sweet. And... At the end of my commercial, I'm going to play, I'm going to play, that's weird, I did turn those off, notifications. Here we go again with that. But I'm going to play for you guys um, a song that he's saying, Stand By Me, but with his Cubano accent, and he had this enormous, it wasn't it looked like a guitar, but it was enormous, and, and the back was, like, rounded. So it's got a really deep, rich sound. I hope you guys like it. I love this song, and it's a good one. It always puts me in a good mood. So I'm going to play that for you guys right now. Oh, my God. 
All right, guys, so I'm not recording this outside today. It was so cold, it was 47 degrees. <laughs> and I had no no jacket on. Now I'm inside the breakfast area, which I mentioned earlier, and I'm a lot warmer. But I found myself over the past three days flirting with women. I never do that. I've been having dreams that I have girlfriends. It's so crazy. I don't know if that's a part of myself that's healing. Years ago, I was very much um, into somebody. I was dating a woman, and she really hurt me. And I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't. She hurt me because she went back to her boyfriend who was physically abusing her. And it hurt me because why would she choose that over me? You know, like it's fine if she wanted to find a man and have a baby. If that was what her thing was, that's fine. But it really upset me, you know, for years. It just, I couldn't, I just couldn't date women after that. It was just one weird thing after another. And and if you're a guy, you're out there shaking your head going, yep, I know. But that's not always just because someone's a woman, but it was just my perception. You know, the whole world is meaningless. I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. So, and then I thought, and I told my son, I'm like, do you think it's just that I'm like super lonely and now I'm like, now that we can legally marry a woman in this country that I, you know, the women can marry women and men can marry men that... Maybe I'm just suddenly opening up to the idea or it's because I'm super lonely and I I know I just doubled my opportunity, (laughs) you know? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think it is? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Look at the people I flirted with. So the first person I flirted with was she flirted with me first and then I flirted back, which was weird. I never do that. But (laughs) it was this woman in the airport and she was just, I think I said this, you know, mentioned her yesterday, but... I think what was really attractive about her thinking now an extra day about it is that she is doing what she loves. She is following her passion and that made her have the most beautiful, amazing, sparkling personality. And it just made me feel so comfortable to be who I am at my core which is kind of a happy-go-lucky, beautiful, loving, positive human being. (laughs) Provided no one shines a damn light, my. (laughs) But, um, that was the first thing. And then I went upstairs and with my son and we had this meal from this couple that we had, we had eaten in their restaurant a couple times before. And they're very sweet people. And they didn't remember us because they see hundreds of people every week. So that was okay. They didn't know us, but very sweet people. And they were just so, they saw us come in and sit down and they ran over with venues. And when, where we sat was just, it was like an open area for like three or four different restaurants, but they ran over to us because they saw us look in their direction and they were so happy. They could not wait to serve us. And they just, it's like 
for $4, no, $3.50, no, $3.90, you get scrambled eggs with cheese and bacon or ham, <laughs> unless you say you don't want it, the ham or bacon, and, and also toast, well, they call it toast, but it's really a grilled cheese sandwich. I love that in Ecuador, toast is really a grilled cheese sandwich. That's so special. <laughs> It shocked me the first time. I'm like, why well, didn't order a grilled cheese sandwich? They're like, yeah, that's tostada. I'm like, what? That's what you call toast here? Oh my God, I love this country. Probably gonna gain weight here, but I love this country. <laughs> so then, um, so then they, um, but they bring this huge, huge thing of juice and this huge, huge plate of like three eggs. I mean, it's huge for three dollars and ninety cents. It's, it's an excellent price. And then they bring you jelly if you want it for your toast. <laughs> with grilled cheese sandwich. And then they give you, um, oh gosh, what else? It's just, a, it's like two plates of food and coffee. And if you say you want milk in your coffee, they heat the milk up and give you a cup of hot milk. And then you have the instant coffee, which is not terribly good. But it's nice because you can make it as strong as you want. And then they then they give you tree tomato juice. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of tree tomatoes, but they're like they look like tomatoes and they grow on trees and they're very citrusy tasting. And it's very good in the juice when they blend it together. It's like um it's an incredibly beautiful red orange color. It's like you almost don't want to drink it because it's so beautiful, but you want to drink it cold because it tastes good. I mean, there's it's a big thing in Latin America where they make, they just put in a blender the fruit and water or fruit and milk. A sortido is water and a bastido is with milk. So, um, so this amazing meal, and they're just so happy. And when I was finished, they ran over and got the tray and asked if everything was okay. But it was this, it's the way that they serve you like they're so happy they're so happy like they're doing what they know they're meant to do and that's what keeps customers coming back even if they don't remember the customers that's what makes people want to go back to see them and it makes them um, kind of like bright like a shining star inside and it attracts more people to them, and that's how success is created. When you're following your passion, the money, you know, do what you love, the money will follow. My friend Melanie told me that years ago, and it's never left my mind. It's always like every few days I think about this. This is the first time in my life that I found something that I love to do every single day consistently. I don't know that I've ever done anything in my life for more than three months. I have been doing my podcast over six months now. I mean, I've, I've like held jobs for years on end, but I mean, as far as following my passion, sticking with it and believing in myself and believing in my ability to do it. And, but it, it's, it's more about doing what you love. And I love this. So I just feel like I'm compelled. I'm like, I haven't slept in three days. I'm in a hostel. I'm like not in the best environment to do this. And I'm still going to do this for you guys because it's what I love. I can't stop. 
I'll be exhausted and I can't sleep at night. I'm still thinking about what my next show is going to be here. What other shows I can do. I'll wake up in the morning. First thing I do is I check my numbers. How many of you would listen to my show last night? I'm so excited. I want you guys to be excited too, you know? So I think that success is when you do something that you love, it ignites like an inner fire. You have like this passion in your eyes and you, it's almost like the, like a fire. It's a new kind of fire burning inside of you and you feel compelled. So what makes a person successful is find what it is, what, what you love. And the second thing is just do it. And if it's something that you can do every day without complaint, you know, if you, if you're looking for a job for the money factor, you're not going to last long in that job, you know, but if your passion is a job, that's cool. If your passion is a business, that's cool. But whatever it is, do what you love. Like, even if your passion is, um, playing in the trees, my friend, Neil said, I have every little boy's dream job. And he worked for the California Forestry Service topping trees. If they got too near power lines and it was going to hurt the tree or the power line, his job was to shimmy up the tree with his chainsaw and cut the top of it so that it doesn't affect the phone lines or the power lines. And he's like, I get, I'm, I'm like a little boy. And I get to climb trees all day long. And I climb trees better than anybody else out there. And he says he, he likes to go to people's parties and challenge the drunk guys to a, a tree climbing contest. So he can win money, which is hilarious, right? <laughs> but that's what he was doing, what he loved. He, that's what he loved. So he called his, uh, and then he had his own private service later called Top Log, like Top Dog, but it's Log because obviously it's tree. Top Log Tree Topping, Tree Trimming Service. And he's like incredible. He's an incredible person. And he's doing what he loves. So today I flirted with another woman. She came in, she sat next to me, and she was very elegant, very beautiful. And she was checking over the paperwork for this man that she was with. And I'm like, oh, you're a lawyer. She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's so cool. You guys are, you're, you're, you're helping people. It's neat. It's, I'm glad for you. And um, she was filling out the paperwork and she works here in Quito and she's very sweet. And um, I let her mostly work. You know, she's trying to get that without first pages of, oh, it's a son of a gun to try to get it filled out. You know, because, like, I'm going for a temporary visa. If you say your occupation is whatever you're doing, and you're, if you're working inside the country, they're automatically going to say no. You know why? You're not supposed to be working yet. You don't have a visa yet. You see how insidious that is? It's like I, I couldn't answer over half the questions. I have a world visa. I mean, a world... Um, I, I was issued my passport from the world government. So with a world government, do I say I had it issued from the WSA, World Service Authority, or the USA? 
And if I slip up and say I'm a, I'm a United States citizen, did I just void the other thing? I mean, the stuff is super intricate and it's like really, really like it requires a lot of brain cells. But um, anyway, she was very excited about what she's doing. And and uh, and then she saw this um, this little girl with her daddy. They were Venezuelan refugees and she was just so happy. This little girl, she's probably three. And maybe no four. She told me she was four. She just turned four. And she's super adorable. But um, this this lawyer looks at me and she said, you know, I need to get married because I want to have children just like her. And for a moment, I just bought into her dream and I got swept up in it. I says, well, vamos por, vamos para casar. <laughs> es legal para mujeres. Vamos. <laughs> and she she said, yeah. I said, I, and I said, I need a wife. And she just kind of looked at me for a second and she's like, yeah. Wow. And like she kind of realized in that moment it's possible with anybody. Right? And she didn't say no or ew or, you know, she didn't freak out. She was just like, oh, wow. And she kind of flirted back. She touched my hair. I was like, oh my God. You know, we didn't like, it didn't go any farther than that, obviously. <laughs> Marriage proposal on the first five minutes, probably not a, you know, basis for any kind of relationship. But it was weird that I flirted with someone. She flirted back. But she had no preconceived notions about me or about anyone. And she had this clarity and this beauty inside of her because she's doing what she loves and she's following her passion and that's what's making her the success and I saw it and when she just opened up to me like that about her dream of having children I want to marry and have children she wasn't snide or rude about it or men are such this or men are that or you know, she didn't have preconceived notions about any part of the game of life at all. She was just pure. She came from a place of complete clarity. Like, it was almost like a longing of her soul. And I felt like I got caught up in it. I got swept up in it. I'm like, I'll marry you, you know. If you want kids that bad, I'll marry you. I'm like, I need a wife. I need to stay in the country. And then she laughed. She thought it was funny, but... But there was something about it like, wow. Like, I sparked something in her. I know I did. I'm not saying she's going to go off and marry a woman or something, but I feel like she's she's really uh, in touch with her soul, what her passion is. And I know that she's going to be successful in that as well as her job. I mean, this paperwork stuff is super stressful and her client was stressed out and she says, you know, she's telling him, you know, tranquila, tranquila, yeah? You know, like, relax already, it's okay. And she kind of gave him a little, she kind of cleansed his aura with, with her hands and then she kind of gave him a little shoulder massage and um, she was so happy, just happy. She's where she needs to be. And I think that's a part of it. You know, like, um, do what you love, the money will follow. 
I think it's true. I think it's true. I mean, I'm making more than a dollar a day now. <laughs> but I think in a couple of months or in a year, when my money dwindles down and I'm done with the government money, I have a feeling that I'm going to be able to support myself with this. Because I don't ever want to stop my podcast. But um, another thing is that I noticed about all of these people is that they're so peaceful. There's a man that works in this, um, works in the restaurant and bar here at night. And he was just so happy. Again, another happy person. So in spite of the pen light chick, <laughs> I've actually, this past two or three days have been really magical. And I've been meeting people that are very, very, just happy. And they're passionate. They, they are where they're needing to be. They have followed their dreams wherever they took, it took them. I mean, this guy works in a restaurant. He cleans up at the, after the restaurant, but he's, he was just peaceful. Like to the core of his being, I felt it. And I was so angry about this woman talking trash about me and trying to get a bunch of other strangers against me too. I mean, God, back in the olden days, she'd be the one lighting all the torches that they run up to someone's house to burn their house down with the torches. She'd be the one providing the damn fuel for the lighter. You know? <laughs> or match. I don't know what they did back then. But, um, and he said to me, you know, it's always a choice. You don't have to react to anybody's stuff. It's their stuff. I'm like, darn it, you're right. That's something I should have not done, but... <laughs> It wasn't reactionary, knee-jerk. It was, I literally waited for like 30, 40 minutes before I made the heavy decision to actually react in the way that I did. I mean, if she walks away scared and she's scared for a week or two, maybe she's not gonna be such a jerk to the next person. You know, possibly. She might just be a damn narcissist. And then no one's going to teach her anything. Because she's smarter than everyone, she thinks. You know, if, she, if that's true. That's what all narcissists do. Everyone else is a damn idiot, and they're the smart one. And, you know, I like it. I love to meet people that are smarter than me. Because then I have something to learn from them. And I like when I meet people that have... Um, ideas that expand my mind that blows me away and this man tonight told me that tomorrow is the festival of Inti Raimi and on Saturday the festival of Inti Raimi in Cuenca is starting three or no one week ago in Otavalo the three week long celebration of Inti Raimi started already Inti Raimi is the Incan sun god, and for the first time in over a hundred or a couple hundred years, um, Cuenca is going to have the Inti Raimi ceremony again for three days. So I think my son and I are going to go participate in that. So we're going to fly home tomorrow and get back in time 
for that. So on the solstice, I want to go to the middle of the world. Now I don't have time and I don't have money because I got to pay the government fine. Mm. But it's weird. I look forward to seeing all the people that I met today. The sweetest, most loving, beautiful people. And you know, they're where they want to be. I'm only three or four people, even the security guard. He felt comfortable being where he was at. A couple of the security guards weren't, but one of the guys was just comfortable, happy to help people, smiling and loving life. See, I think that's what it is. So, so what are the signs for success that I've noticed the past few days? Um, you're willing and eager to be there for other people and you have unlimited energy to do that. So that's two things, right? And then the third thing is that you're calm inside. You've got this deep peace and calmness because you are where you need to be. And this guy here in the restaurant, you know, when he says you don't let anything else bother you and he's in the restaurant business people are constantly complaining this is too hot that's too cold I don't like that that's too runny you know whatever I don't know if he makes eggs whatever but that's what I was complaining about anyway <laughs> I'm a Virgo I'm like always complaining I'm trying not to I'm trying not to be complaining but but um you just let things roll off you like water off a duck's back that's uh, another way, you know, like, see, like, I'm, I was really angry, but then I come to my podcast and I'm here recording this for you guys. And what do I notice is that now I'm happy again. Everything's good. Everything's fine. I could talk about it. I can be okay about it. I don't have to um, bottle it up inside and harbor it and be embarrassed that it happened even though it wasn't my fault. I mean, I was snoring, but that's not my fault. I was asleep. You know what I mean? Like, I know I snore. But I also know that the majority of the seasons, seasoned people who I've met over the last six years while I've been traveling, most people I meet do carry uh, not one but or two, but three or four. In fact, I met a guy who had six or seven different levels of earplugs. He had um, earplugs that you use at a construction site. They were like bright orange. I couldn't believe it. He's like, it just depends on the level of the snore that's around me. He's like, I've been traveling for years. This is what I do. I'm like, dang, you need to be my bunk mate because you're not going to hear anything. He's like, nope, I'll never hear anything. <laughs> so, I mean, so anyway, so I came to this and it was like, yeah makes me calm that peaceful thing and I've noticed millionaires that I've met over the years have that strange calm sense about them too well obviously they don't have a care in the world they've got all the money they need they're doing what they love they're passionate about what they do the money followed and now they're fine they're set they literally lack for nothing so the bubbling up 
comfort with the happiness within bubbling up. And then also being in touch with your inner self in a way that you can just blurt out your other dreams without fear of judgment, without any judgment of yourself, without any kind of, you know, when you're in touch with who you are and you're, you're doing what you love and you're following your passion, I think that's that's the formula for success. At least from my current observations. I mean, in the future, I might come up with more. Also being consistent. But the thing is, you're going to be successful when you're consistent, but you don't have a problem with being consistent if you're following your passion and doing what you love. I've noticed that it's been absolutely nothing for me to keep doing my show. Even on the days and I like right now, I'm so tired. And here I am still doing it because I can't stop. Not because I'm compulsive. Me, I'm not obsessive, nothing like that, but just because I don't want to stop. This is the thing that keeps me going. It's the thing that wakes me up in the morning and keeps me up at night. That's the passion. <laughs> right now it's a quiet passion because I can't talk very loud. <laughs> but that's that's another thing that makes you successful. So when you're considering what you're going to do in your life, <laughs> you have to consider, are you seeing around adding up the money for that thing? And are you starting to resent having to do all the paperwork on that thing? Or are you just saying, I don't care, I'm going to throw a caution to the wind and allow the universe to provide for me. However the money comes, whether it's through the thing I do and love or random, like, you know, I find a lottery ticket that's a winner. You know, or a long lost uncle dies and now I've got money that I didn't even know I had. And damn it, I keep wishing that would happen, but no such luck. So, <laughs> I even have an inheritance line on my hand, and I'm like, inheritance, schmeritons. I guess technically, if you, it's not really an inheritance, but the money I'm using to raise my, my son was money my husband was making. And because he died and had a kid, or kids, two kids, they, um, the government pays for me to raise them until they're adults. So is that an inheritance? Not really. If he had had anything to say about it, he would have made sure I'd never got it. I mean, I'm sure of it. He divorced me and told everyone in town I was a bad mom. Even though I had like letters from 20 people to prove that I was a good mom. People that knew me directly knew my kids. Saw us interacting. I don't know. What else? What else makes you successful? I mean, this stuff is off the top of my head. I don't have my notebook with me. 
literally, I just like grabbed my phones and I left. I was like so upset about this stupid incident. <laughs> and I'm, ups I'm never upset for the reason I think, and I'm upset because what I see is a meaningless world. And like for real, that whole thing was completely meaningless. Anyway, what else makes success? Success is, success is, um, it's not always measured with money. I mean, sometimes it's measured in the quality of your friendships. And success is sometimes measured in Just the amount of joy that you carry inside you all day long. You know, if you take two days off of the thing that you love, are you still thinking about the thing that you love? If you're not, it might not be the thing that you really love. It might be a thing that you like. <laughs> That's another measure of where success is going to happen, basically. I mean, if I was going to say, what does, what is a measure of success? Well, you know, sure, fancy cars and nice homes and, you know, owning an island and <laughs> owning a small village in Europe. Like, you know, I, I always thought that'd be cool. You could actually buy one for not very much money, actually. My kids and I were thinking, my oldest and I especially were thinking about how cool would it be to have an artist community over in Madrid, on the outskirts of Madrid in a medieval village? <laughs> we would certainly be passionate about that, growing our own food, having the self-sustaining, um, all of our resources would be self-sustaining, and we were going to hire one village idiot. There could only be one village idiot per month. The village idiot is a person who does not work and gets fed and clothed and housed for free. But he also has to be entertaining as hell. <laughs> that was like part of our thing. We always laughed about that. <laughs> then we asked the, my youngest son, do you want to be our village idiot? That he got so offended. We're like, we're not really calling you an idiot. We're just saying that the village idiot has it made, you know, you can sit around and, and eat all you want and just be funny and entertaining. And then after a month, we'll kick you out. You can still live with us, but you have to work. And then we'll find another village idiot. So everyone gets a turn being a village idiot. <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever do that, but it's such a funny idea. It's a fun idea though, right? I mean, picking and choosing the people you live with is better than moving into a neighborhood and not knowing anybody, maybe. And we were going to have a fight room, fight, we were going to call it the fight club room. If anyone has a dispute, they have to duke it out and we'll, we'll teach them how to box and put them in a ring. <laughs> the rest of us will make popcorn and watch until they hug it out and then they're fine. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, most people will measure success with, um, tangible material objects or money in the bank peace of mind security but I guess this level of success that I'm talking about is like 
maybe when your higher self or your soul is most aligned with who you've become, your heart, your gut, your mind, your everything, your throat, you know, like you always know what to say. All your chakras are spinning correctly because you're there doing what you love. I have a feeling that that's going to be somewhat the way that people look at success in the future, especially if basic income happens. If basic income happens, then, you know, that's not what success is going to be. You know, everyone doesn't need to have millions in the bank in order to be considered valid or something. You know, oh, and self-validation, by the way, that's another thing I noticed in all these people that I observed in the past few days. There's a source, a sense and source of self-validation, self-worth. They know what they're worth. They know how good they are. And they don't allow other people to steal their dreams. They don't allow other people to rob them of their dreams or to talk down to them. They don't take you know what, off anyone. Neither do I. I don't negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) So someone's trying to talk you down or tell you your dream is dumb. There was a man who was doing real estate left and right and he became a millionaire. Uh, Robert Allen uh, taught him. And he told me that there was a guy he met who said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go be an artist. I think it was from the Robert Allen seminar I went to. He had told me a similar story. I think it was actually, it might've been my friend Dale. I think it actually was, it was my friend Dale. He told me he was in MLM with this guy in um, like Amway. <laughs> They're selling Amway together. And my, um, my friend was talking to this guy one day and this guy says, you know, I've decided to quit. And he's like, well, why quit? You know, you started to make money. Why, why quit now? And he's like, because I'm not passionate about this. Liquid organic cleaner, it's good, but it's not good enough to keep me up at night. But I'll tell you what is good enough to keep me up at night is painting, acrylic paintings. I want to hang in, a mu- in art galleries and museums someday. And I'm going to start now. And he, st- he went back to art school. And my friend always thought, what a weirdo like why he was doing real estate he was doing the MLM he was his whole life was like super like set if he had only stuck with it why would he put himself in that position but you know what like two and a half to three years later this guy was making a full-time living and became a millionaire at being an artist fulfilling what his soul craved for him to do You know, like if you have a, a like a craving to be a singer and you don't know anything about singing and your voice isn't all that good, you can take lessons, you can see a voice coach. You know, whatever it is, like, you know, if your dream is to be a world-class surfer and you've never set foot in the water, you know, you got to go take lessons, see where you're at. Sometimes those kind of dreams are just ideas. They're not actual dreams. They might be good ideas or 
wonderful ideas, but they're not always the dreams. So you got to find your dream, your passion, the thing, the one thing that makes you like, it's like you feel like you're burning up inside. You can't unless you, unless you could do it right this minute. That's how I feel about this podcast, actually. Like, it's like I'm chomping at the bit to get to it every night. Like, I can't wait to do it. That's a huge part of being in the flow of what your passion and your success is. And pretty quickly, the money will follow you. It takes a while to build it up. Ralph Smart said it took him, I think, like a year before he's making like $1,000 a month. And then took him a couple more years. I think he's been at it for five years. He's a millionaire now. Just doing YouTube videos, nothing else. And before that, he was a psychologist. And he loved psychology, but he hated being a psychologist. So in a way, he's like now like a video coach. Ralph Smart, he's excellent. You should check him out. So, I mean, I have a degree in psychology, but I've decided to use it in different ways. And I'm very happy about that. Anyway, guys, I love you very much. I am falling asleep. I'm fading fast. So I'm going to sign off (laughs) with peace and love and joy and success and following your dreams and passion. (laughs) And, of course, always the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys. Cuba, 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 Cuba,
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.